0: Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by the Southside Comic Book Show, taking place on Saturday, September 16th at the Allen B. Shepard Gym, located at 13049 South Ridgeland Avenue in Palos Heights. The Southside Comic Book Show will feature over 99 tables of comics, toys, and artists. There will also be a cosplay contest and door prizes. For more information, please visit southsidecomicbookshow.com. Support for WXAV is being provided by Bookies, an independent bookstore located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. Bookies has large inventory of new and used books for both adults and children across many genres. Bookies places orders daily for books not currently in stock. For more information and upcoming events, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
1: This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you.
0: Salutations listeners and welcome back to the Player Profiles podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking to hear the fantastic stories of all the athletes we have here at St. Xavier University, then you have come to the right place. Today's athlete is Van Williams, Jr. Hailing from Chicago, Illinois, Van is a defensive lineman on the SXU football team. With that being said, and without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the interview. <laughs> that rhymed. Van, thank you for taking the time out to come and do this, man. No
1: problem, thank you for having me.
0: So, football. Um, Obviously, it's the big sport here in America, obviously. People love football here. What got you into football in the first place?
1: Um, well, I grew up in like a... Uh Not so good of a neighborhood, so my aunt made made sure that me and my cousins were involved in a lot of activities, and just football was one of those. Um, uh, Fun fact: I also I really wasn't into football at first, but then they just my aunt just made sure we stuck around for it, and then eventually it just became my first love.
0: That's a good, that's a cool upbringing, man. Um, Because you know, sports obviously is something that brings a lot of people together it can also, you know, change lives. And obviously, um, that's something that, you know, a lot of athletes experience. But um, when you were trying to figure out what position um, you wanted to play, um, what what made you, you know, think that defensive line was, you know, the position for you? Um,
1: Really high school because in grade school I played, like, everywhere, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But high school really brought out, like, the skills that I had as a
0: defensive lineman. You went to St. Lawrence, right? Yep. The more serious you get about football, the more you realize you got to climb up some ranks to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a 2016 season, your freshman season. You're on the freshman team. But then after that, you played three years of varsity. When you, you know, got the call up from the freshman team, you realized, you know, you're going to be on varsity as a sophomore. You know, what was the mindset like going into your, you know, your very first varsity season?
1: It was like kind of nervous because, all the coaches tell you, you know, there's not freshman ball anymore. Everything's faster. people stronger. So, but I did prepare well, like in a way roamed in, of course, practicing with other varsity members.
0: Your first year was a relatively successful year. You guys um, went six and three in a regular season and you won a couple playoff games. You reached a quarterfinal. Obviously, the run ended when you ran into Providence Catholic, but um, what was your first taste of, you know, a real full first varsity season like? Because obviously, you know, with the playoff run and everything, there was a lot to take away from that sophomore season.
1: Yeah, my sophomore season, I really didn't I, – I was, a, like, on a varsity roster, but it really wasn't, like – it really was more sitting back and learning from older people. So I really didn't get, like, a real varsity game until my junior year.
0: Yeah, and obviously the junior year was a little bit of a <laughs> – yeah, a little bit of a rocky one, obviously, uh-huh. um, didn't make the playoffs. Um, and usually when you make the when you don't make the playoffs, sometimes there are some questions about, you know, what went wrong. And obviously the school felt like it was time for a coaching change or whatnot. Uh-huh. And so you have you're, you're going into your senior year and it felt like, you know, everything was um, kind of oh, I'm sorry. A lot of things were different um, senior year. I mean, your team captain thats number one um number two you got a new head coach coming in and number three you know it is your senior year like this is your last ride so with all all this new change going on um what were what were you kind of thinking going into your your senior year
1: it was just a lot of different thoughts uh didn't like wasn't prepared for the coaching change and then i didn't know like if he was if he saw me the same player as my old coach would it be like depth chart changes you know um But I did a good job of, like, staying – how can I put it? Um, Keeping my relationship close with the teammates because these teammates I had since freshman year, like, we had people leave, but, like, a lot of people stayed. So as long as I was good with them, then I knew we was going to be able to get through, like, the coaching change, all that together.
0: Mm. Interesting because, obviously, you know, It's it's hard to kinda know what to expect when you have a first year head coach. Mm -hmm. Um, but um it all it almost looked like it was looking like more of the same from last year. But you guys did, you know, squeak into the playoffs. Um, you beat you beat De La Salle pretty pretty convincingly. (laughs) Um to clinch an at large bid, which thank goodness for at large bids. (laughs) Um but obviously, um, you know, this is your you know, it was your last round. It was your last go at high school football and uh I hate to bring up the Hillcrest game, man, but it it is it is it is such a pivotal point in your in your football career. Obviously, you know, you guys were it it, until the end. It was a defensive slugfest, which I'm sure it was just the way you liked it. You obviously don't want any team dropping 30 on your defense. Um, But obviously, you guys did enough to give your give your offense a chance to um, at least try to drive down and tie the game. Obviously, you guys had the ball with like around a minute left fourth and 13 obviously um your boy um darius wilson you know he made a great play getting out of a lot of pressure it was a lot of pressure in his face that play um and he threw a dime to aaron wofford and unfortunately he just had one of those drops man and i it it looked very heartbreaking on camera but from a player's perspective when you're seeing when you see that on the sideline and obviously it wasn't from your own sideline it wasn't in front of you thank goodness but when when you see that ball hit the turf and you realize, you know, you look at the scoreboard and it's like, man, it's 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 over. You know what 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 was the reaction? You know on the sidelines and what what was going through your mind? Man, that was just a that was a heartbreaking moment.
1: You know, um, first thing I did was you know like be there for my teammates because I know I'm not the only senior. So I I put my my feelings behind me and made sure everybody else was good and. But again, we couldn't. It was a heartbreaking moment. But we also had the prep bowl. To now, it's like, this happened. Now we have to look to the prep bowl. How can we prepare and make our last win our last game a win
0: instead of a loss? Mm. So being a team captain taught you a thing or two about leadership. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That obviously that's a that's a moment where it's like you kind of need a leader to step up because that's I'm sure for that young man that was a hard moment. So when you got to you know preparing for the Prep Bowl. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of diff- a different experience for you guys because you guys had another game to play even though IHSA, you know, it was done for. But how did you, you know, try to move on from that and, you know, prepare for, you know, a little more football in high school? Um,
1: it's really um, like making sure that everybody else is on board because, you know, after a loss, it's kind of like, I guess a lot of people look at the Prep Bowl as a loser's bracket. So, like, got to make sure a lot of people still have that confidence to play and compete because it's still like pretty good teams. Cause some, you know, we play Simeon, St. Patrick, um, La Salle again. So, you know, it's still, it wasn't like, it was still competitive football that needed to be played. Mm-hmm.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, you guys got all the way to the championship game, right? Yep. So not, not too shabby um, um, considering, you know, What could have, you know, have you guys could have easily hung your heads down after that. Um, But you didn't. You made a great run after that. And obviously for you in particular, you know, that was it for high school football. And um, obviously that was that was 20. That was fall 2019. So uh, the world as we knew it changed four months later. And obviously you had, you know, big decisions to make because, you know, it was your senior year. And you obviously decided to somewhat stay local and you decided to come to St. Xavier. What made you think that this was the place for you to be?
1: Uh first of all, I'm a big Chicago guy, so I I really didn't want to leave the area cuz I like I've been on visit to like schools in Wisconsin it's a, it's a lot of like, you know, I don't want to say nothing but just something I don't feel my I don't feel comfortable in. So Chicago I always, I always feel comfortable, I know where I'm going. So I really and I also like the way like when I came for my overnight visit and my different visits, I felt like the brotherhood in the St. Xavier football. So that's what kind of led me this
0: way. Mm, I agree. Cause me personally, I may not be a football player obviously, but um, I did feel, you know, like I had to, you know, try to stay close to home. Um, Cause you know, it's just like, you know, you know, the environment, you, mm-hmm. you you kind of know your way around. It's not like you're going to Timbuktu. Um, no no offense to Wisconsin, obviously. They're they're a neighbor right. state. But um me personally, I I I know where you're coming from. It's like home is kind of where the heart is, you know. Right. Um, and obviously with you going to, you know, a school in Burbank, that's pretty that's pretty close mm-hmm. um to home here. So um yeah, you you decide to come here. Um obviously the mayhem that was senior year is behind you, and you tried to figure out, you know, you know, navigate your way through freshman year but um obviously in your first year here um you were you were a redshirt but in 2021 you did get some playing time if i'm not mistaken so mm-hmm. what was your first taste of college football like to you and what did what did you think of it when you, when you stepped onto the field for the first time
1: um man so my my freshman year um i broke my hand so they registered me um but then when i was like fully recovered and stuff i got I got a taste of one college game my freshman year, and it was it was kind of nerve-wracking because, you know, you're a freshman on a big stage. You feel like everyone's watching you. Um, I feel like as a freshman, I was like, I was thinking too much about a lot of things. I don't want to mess up. I'm thinking about what they're going to see on the film. So I was really, I wasn't playing to my best of ability because I was so concerned about what other people was thinking and watching. So that kind of, that kind of just affected the way I played my first couple games.
0: Mm. So it, it it that's a really, that's one of those experiences that kind of debunks the the notion of football is not mental. Football is not a mental game. It's very well a mental game as well as a yeah. physical game. And mm. um, you clearly you know experienced that. But obviously, as the years went on, and obviously the team had a pretty successful year. They won the MSFA Midwest Division. Mm. Um, what did you take away from you know? that season, that that first full year that you had?
1: I took away that I definitely had room for improvement um, and that I had a lot of guys in front of me that I can learn from and that if I just keep you know, doing the things that it takes, the practices, the film preparation, uh, that I can put myself into a really good spot my next couple years.
0: Uh, I do want to highlight one more thing about that 21 season. Obviously, it feels good to win, mm-hmm. but – it When you win in a dramatic fashion, it almost feels, like, very surreal. And I'm sure there's no better example of having that surreal, dramatic win than the game at St. Francis. Oh, yeah. Obviously, when Peyton missed the kick to win it, um, you realize, okay, the defense has to go, get, go back out there one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, it's overtime. It's college overtime. Um, so... What were you guys, you know, kind of thinking on the sidelines? Because obviously there was a lot on the line. There was a playoff spot on the line. There was a the title on the line. And of course, you're on the road in a hostile environment in a game that, you know, you guys were down ten. It was kind of back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. St. Francis went up ten, and you guys controlled the game for a good chunk. And then it was kind of a stalemate late four quarter. Um, so what 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 do you what do you think the you know the mindset was? And the vibe of the team was like going into that overtime.
1: Oh, we were ready. That was like, it was like, like coach tell us, like we always find a way to win, whether it's blowout or close game. We're going to, we're going to determine the fact that we win or loss. So defense knew that we had to go out there and make one more stop, put our offense on the field, you know, and we did just that.
0: Yeah. And you guys, you know, obviously you're on defense first. Which some you know a lot of people consider that an advantage in overtime because it's like, all right, depending on what happens, you know exactly what you have to do to win. You know if you have to kick a field goal, if your defense makes an insane stop, um, you know you have to score a touchdown. You have you know if, if if one team scores a touchdown, obviously, then you know you're gonna have to have, you gotta go for it on fourth down because you gotta score a touchdown back. Um, but you guys got the ultimate result, obviously, and that was when IO said no, no, and the field goal. Um, St. Francis tried a field goal. Obviously, it was blocked. Um, not a lot of field goals um, get blocked in crucial moments like that. So when you saw that, you know what what was going through your mind, um, personally, and what what were you thinking? Was there was there a, a sudden belief? I mean, obviously, you you believe that you can win all game long. There's, mm-hmm. That that doesn't stop. But did you see, you know, kind of the light at the end of the tunnel?
1: Yes, because I know. I knew our offense were gonna, was going to come out there and do something. So when, when Iowa got that block
0: field goal, it was kind of like a relief. Oh, yeah, they did something all right. And Amari didn't waste any time <laughs> either. I mean, he, he took the carry. It was one play, 25 yards, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the ultimate dagger. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the defense doesn't even let a score happen. And the offense says, you know, why kick a field goal when you can, we can store a TD right here? So when you saw Amari in, in the end zone, man, and you realize you just came out on top. You guys you're going to the playoffs. You won you won a division. What 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 was it? What was it like? I mean, did you did you run out of the sidelines? Yep. You, you, oh yeah, dude. That had to feel good, didn't it? it? A, yeah, it was a joyful moment seeing all the smiles on everybody's faces, the fans,
1: the coaches, players. Um, it was a definitely a rememberable moment
0: moment. I can tell, man. Like the game was broadcasted. Um uh, St. Francis also had a like a media network. They broadcasted it too. I can't recall the last time I heard a pair of broadcasters so, what's what's defeated. the proper word? Yeah, so defeated, <laughs> and I, I was it's it's like the life got sucked out of them because you guys you know came out and did your thing when it mattered most, and it was it was insane. Um, you you guys looked like you partied hard on that field,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: But you know, obviously, um, when it came to the playoffs, you know, obviously you you would you would love to have a different result than the one that you got in Concordia, but right. Um, you love to you know win a title of some sort obviously going into into last year um, you know you realize you know you're stepping up there again once again and you're gonna have a little target on your back because you know you guys sent the message you know you know we're here we're here to win Mm -hmm. you know you guys won and you took it Um, and obviously there were a lot of you know moments to pick from from last year because there was a lot of you know different um, scenarios that you guys got hit with but what would you say from last year's season were was some of the most impactful moments and some of the biggest takeaways you had from last year?
1: After that loss against uh St. Thomas the second second game of the year. Huh. Um that's that's kind of where we were like so this is this kind of determines what type of team we are, you know, um, cuz we know as a team we knew that we we didn't perform to our best ability against uh U India, of course, that tough loss and then um, Saint Thomas. But um everybody kinda dig deep and found, you know, their identity. Um so after that, uh we went on the went on a roll, uh, after that. So that kind of was like the most impactful thing about last season.
0: Yeah, and you guys had a couple of dramatic wins on along the way. Yep. I mean, obviously there's two uh very, very noteworthy games. You probably know them already, but We'll start with the Roosevelt game. <laughs> Emotions are high. It's homecoming. It's a team that forfeited against you last year. Multiple times,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> a team that forfeited against you. Um, and you know, they're there and it's homecoming. And, you know, you want to, you know, show out for the fans and you know, you want to make sure that you guys are still on the right track. And you guys squeaked out a win. I mean, you found a way to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes You'd rather be lucky than good, but the fact of the matter is, you guys got the job done. Obviously, there were a lot of things that happened in that game. You guys were in control, then Roosevelt fought back, and then you guys had the last laugh. You know what was that game like? Because that was a game that felt like it, uh, that felt like a seesaw.
1: Yeah. So it's crazy because I'm pretty sure at half we were up uh, quite a bit, right? 14 um, nothing, I believe. Yep. So we're, it wasn't. We knew it's still a ball game, but I feel like after that we kind of like kind of feeling ourselves a little bit and they came out they started smacking us in the mouth but again we always find a way to get it
0: done so yeah and thankfully um extra points are not automatic right (laughs) right because yeah roosevelt i mean i'm sure i was looking at the box score afterwards and i'm like man they had the game in control and i I don't know moments like that feel like it feels like a giant momentum swing because it's like that was the they scored twenty unanswered. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know when you allow twenty unanswered, it's going to be like you know like a wake up call of some sort, right. especially that late in the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But obviously, that was the difference in the game because you guys responded and you made sure you got your extra point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it it was an electric win. Um, For sure. it it was it was an electric win. But of course, what other way would you want to end the regular season with? Kind of a kind of a it back moment. Right. This time, you guys are the home team and St. Francis is coming in. Exact same situation. Winner goes to the playoffs. Loser goes home. And you guys win another close one against these guys. And it's just like, oh, man, this is it had to feel good again, didn't it? I mean, For it's sure. two times in a row, man.
1: For sure. Yep. definitely felt definitely was an amazing feeling. Yep.
0: Um, I do want to point this out because you are a defensive lineman. St. Francis did have the ball, you know, pretty much last. But Joel Pacelli gave you guys a big break by pinning St. Francis deep. He, he had a punt that went like 51 yards. It yeah. landed at the eight-yard line. So you, look, you guys look back, there's 92 yards of grass to defend. When you, when you see that and you're put in that situation, you know, as a defensive lineman and you, you know it's crunch time and you know they're going to pass – um, most likely, mm-hmm. I mean, unless they really want to risk running the football in that right. situation. Um, what is your mindset, you know, going into those situations uh, when you know it's like you're 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 in the trenches and you pretty much know what's probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, you know, St. Francis is that team that's like uh, they're very run heavy, and um, the quarterback over there is like he's kind of he's a really good player, so. Our mindset is like, we know it's a pass, so it's go, 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 but we want to contain him because he's capable of making big plays and with his feet, so uh, we wanted to just make sure we keep him contained at the same time as we wanted that freedom
0: to go. Yeah, and contain is a good word because um, obviously they had 92 yards to go, so you had, you had a lot of plays to be able to see from them. They got a couple first downs, yeah, but of course – you guys locked it down, didn't mm. let them get too much farther, and obviously a fourth and twelve is, is it, it was crazy because from your perspective, especially, it felt like the the shoe was on the other foot from your Hillcrest game. Pin the other team is now pinned deep, right? It's now fourth and long for them, and you guys get to stop this time. You guys are the ones that are you know out on top this time. Of course, you know it's different because it's college now and not high school, but still. I got to ask, man, was it kind of running through your mind that, hey, this situation kind of felt familiar, but in reverse? Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> definitely. But, you know, this time I'm a better end the sticks.
0: Yeah, of course, man. I mean, and of course, felt good to get another win, another division title. But obviously, it felt like kind of a repeat of last year with the, with the postseason. So obviously, you guys know you have a little bit of a mountain to climb this year. Right. Um, seeing you know what ha- what has happened with the way the last two seasons have ended. So coming into this year, after you know two years of a lot of great, you know a lot of experience, what do you think you guys have to do this year to get over the top and not just win a playoff game, but w- maybe win it all, win a national championship?
1: We gotta, we gotta kind of forget about last season. Um, learn from it, but again, like move on from it. Um, we did lose a couple key key uh pieces on the roster, but I feel like we did a good job of filling those in you know um we had some younger guys step up, so I think the kids just um just play the football the best way we know how, and we'll we'll see the goal,
0: yeah, and um one thing I do want to note um you guys have some you know late evening you know night games yep. to start the year, which is not normal for um for our our school which i i wish would become normal i, I wish we would have more night games yeah uh but your guys's first home game is like dead smack primetime under the lights and that the atmosphere should be rocking when you took a took a look at the first schedule took a little peek at the first schedule for the first time um what were your first impressions
1: it wasn't really the time but like the opponent the opponents we played like Pretty big time opponents, um, but I feel like we we can get the job done if we play football the way we
0: know how. Okay, that's a that's a good mindset to start off, especially um, like you said with some you know key guys you know having to be replaced from last year's team, which is you know it, it can be an ongoing thing for for most teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads me to ask you, you know, you've you've obviously have have had practices for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Um, Things that are noteworthy that you have seen in practice so far? Have the practices been good? Have they felt good?
1: Um, well, first, uh, I'm not playing this year due to injury. Um, but from the practice I've been to, this team looks ready to go. Uh-huh. Like they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, we got a lot of new guys, but new guys have definitely uh responded to college life quick. So I feel like I feel like it's gonna be a good season.
0: Okay, okay. Well, uh, obviously we'll miss having you in the trenches. For we'll sure. miss having you um, trying to control the light of scrimmage to the best of your ability. But we know that this team—I mean, you've experienced this for two years, two years now—they find they find ways. They find a way. Yeah. Find a way. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's obviously your football perspective of college. Obviously, you are a student athlete. There's still a student aspect of it. How in the world do you juggle school with sport for so long? Um.
1: It's basically you got you just got to have time management um knowing you know be organized knowing when you have to be here when you have to, what time you have free to do this amount of work and
0: things along the way so you know you're in, you, when you're in college and you have to you know deal with the workload a little bit differently cuz you control your own schedule better right. than you do in high school um what has that you know freedom of you know crafting your schedule for the past few years what has that been like and how how beneficial has that been to balancing out school with, with football.
1: It's been very beneficial because um now you know what's the way to put it. Um so like you said, you're in control of your own schedule. So you know when to be where, when to be when to do what. You're not at a set schedule every day. Things change. Um you gotta rehab, take that in consideration for your body as a athlete, um different things like that. Mm.
0: So if I'm not mistaken, you are an exercise science major, right? I am. Uh, what do you think you want to uh, do with that? Do you want to be some type of coach or practitioner? Or what do you want to do with that?
1: Probably uh, probably start off as like a coach, but um, ultimately, I want to get into like physical therapy and helping athletes, you know, recover from different injuries and things like that.
0: Mm. Any inspiration from for why you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I <laughs> I took my ACL my
1: freshman year of high school, and um, I like the way like people cater to me like to help me and um basically get me on the right track so that my knee injury is like basically non existent after. Um so I just wanna seeing that I just wanted to help people in the same way.
0: Mm, nice, man. A lot of people don't uh don't see the appreciation in um the people that rehab them and to to want to, you know, help pe- help help people in the future who Kind of are in the same spot as you. That I you got my respect for that man. For sure. Um, but yeah, um, uh, that's obviously you know school and sport, but gotta know your hobbies, man. We we know football is you know pretty up there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty uh point blank obvious. You got any fandoms? Like, are you a Bears fan? Since you're you know so deeply rooted in in Chicago.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's looking wrong. It's hard to be a Bears fan, <laughs> but I'm I'm a
0: Bears fan for sure.
1: Mm. Any
0: optimism about this upcoming year? I actually do.
1: I've seen a lot of free agency pickups. The draft went well, so I think I think there'll be a team in the running
0: next year. I've been trying to tell people for the last few months, ever since the Carolina trade, like I've been trying to let people know: Hey, DJ Moore is a really freaking good receiver. Yes. Like I'm talking like number one potential, um, uh, that we got with you know, the trade from Carolina. Like, I'm like, we've needed a no, a true bona fide number one receiver. I'm Darnell Mooney's great, but, you know, when when people crack the code, it's like, right. we need a little more help. And to get DJ Moore, it, it almost felt like a steal. I forgot the exact details of the trade, but I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is a steal for the Bears. Right. This is actually a good move by the front office. And I was like, I, I instantly got excited because I'm mm. like, if Fields can, you know, keep improving and we actually put good receivers around him. I don't know, man. The the door's open because I mean, look at, just look at the rest of the division. I mean, Green Bay just lost Rodgers. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, we we can't expect the Packers. I don't care how I don't care how much praise Jordan Love is getting right now. We don't know what that man's going to bring until he steps into the ring week 1. Right. We we don't know. And it, he's not he's not Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, people want to compare the the Brett Favre and Rodgers transition. It it doesn't always work out that way, and they have a they have a weird way of of operating their quarterback situations. I'll will I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, Green Bay you don't know what to expect Minnesota. They always feel kind of shaky. Yeah, for sure. Like they 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 they're one of the teams that make the least sense to me because it's like Justin Jefferson's great. He's a great receiver, obviously. But when your team is, you know, they live by the Kirk and they die by the Kirk. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins is almost like, it, it, it feels like hit or miss every other season, you know? He's like, he has some good seasons. He has some bad seasons. But then there are a lot of whole other problems with Minnesota. But, and that got exposed by the Giants of all teams. Like, okay. So, yeah, don't know about Minnesota. Don't know about Green Bay. Who knows if the hype will be real for Detroit? I mean, right. can they live up to the hype? I mean, it's De- it's Detroit. With all due respect, I, I, you never know. But that that just leads me to believe that you know Chicago. They can only go up because last year was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest; they got the number one pick for a reason. <laughs> um, I mean, for multiple reasons. Obviously, Houston helped out a lot, right? But yeah, dude. I mean, the NFC North is up for grabs, so there's a lot of reason for optimism, right? You know. Um, uh, I do have to ask though, I, I know this is a day after a game, but you know, Green Bay is coming to town week one. <laughs> what in the world are you go- Are you guys going to do about that?
1: You mean as like a team or? I mean,
0: as, it, it could be as a team. It could be individually. I mean, it, are you going to watch the game in some, some special way? Cause it, it is Green Bay week one, man.
1: I right. definitely got to find myself a seat in front of a TV to catch that game. Um. I tell you what, I will be we'll be picking on a couple of people that I know are Packers, Packers fans because <laughs> I got a good feeling about our week one versus theirs. So
0: Yeah, I, I do too. But uh, it, it amazes me how many people around not even just in this school, but in this in the Chicagoland area, it amazes me how many Packers fans yeah. there are. It's just like how? How do you how do you how do you live in the Chicago area and you are a bona fide Packers fan? Yeah, it's it it just it just it amazes me, really. I mean, kudos to the Packers fans that live in Chicago, because that's that's bold in its own. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like White Sox fan living on a north side type of type of guts. <laughs> like, that's 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 different, dude. Um, uh, but yeah, obviously, like we we've been saying, optimism around the Bears. Um, it's it it's gonna be awesome. I, I honestly can't wait. Uh, but obviously, uh, there's, there's also more football to pay attention to. I, I don't know if you, you, you like NCAA college football that much. Seems I do. I okay, do. you do. Uh, how do you feel about all the realignment that has been going on?
1: You mean like with like transfers and things like that? Not I mean, even
0: just transfers, like conferences. Have you been keeping up with oh, I that? Haven't, no, I haven't. I no? haven't been keeping up with that. So, what if I told you that schools like Washington and Oregon are going to be in the Big Ten? which is a uh, conference that is, you know, traditionally like a Midwest conference.
1: Mm-hmm. That kind of that kind of plays a lot of different cards. I didn't know that, so <laughs> we'll see how that works out cuz you know, Big 10 um has a lot of competitors, but Oregon, they're also a competitor, so it going it's going to make some things up for real.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm and obviously as a college football player yourself, I want you to imagine that you go to one of these schools on the west coast like USC UCLA and you find out midway through your college career that you're going to go from playing conference games all all across the west coast to figuring <laughs> out to, to figuring out oh my goodness I got to go from new Jer- from California to New Jersey and back and then go from here to Maryland and back and from here to Illinois and back dude it's it's going to be crazy so what i mean obviously the furthest you guys, you know, have to travel within a conference might be, I don't know, Iowa, maybe mm-hmm. Wisconsin, neighboring states. Right. You, these these guys are going to have to go from California to the Midwest and even the East Coast and back every other week. What would you would you have any like second guesses on playing for a team in the West Coast that is in the Big Ten? Because that's like a lot of traveling.
1: That is um, traveling that takes a toll on a player, you know. uh especially, like, when you get in the night before the game and it's like, you know, so that takes a lot of toll on a player. I couldn't imagine what those players are doing. doing, But they – let's see. We'll see. This is the season to see how, how that affects their play or if
0: it does. Yeah, we definitely going to see. I mean, the, the reason why this is such a hot topic now is because, you know, it's like there's going to – it feels like there's, like, mega conferences uh-huh. in college – in um, NCAA sports now, like, the Big Ten just went from like twelve teams a couple years to uh, a couple years ago, and they're going to be eighteen an eighteen team conference by the time all this is said and done.
1: Right.
0: So, uh, it's it's a lot of power. People a lot people already know the power of the SEC. You know, they're pretty notorious for being the best football conference. Yada this and that. They're only going to get bigger, and they're adding schools and yada this and that. everybody's you know trying to go to the Big Ten or the SEC. It's it's almost like a like a monopoly of some sort for, uh, college sports. So it's, uh, it, it's something that's, you know, crazy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I honestly can't imagine if something, something like that were to happen to uh, our conference, our, uh, CCAC conference and having teams that we probably have never heard of, you know, coming into our conference, All right? just out of nowhere, like, Hey, we're your conference rival now. <laughs> it's, uh, it would be like, like that, that'd be, that'd be crazy. Um, but um, I do want to ask if you do anything uh, else on campus, because, you know, I, I've seen you around doing a lot of things. Like, you have, you know, are you in a part of any, like, organizations or clubs?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm also an RA on campus, um, first year RA um, this semester. And then I'm part of RAJ, which is, like, the Resident Hall Association. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an Emerging Scholar for African-American students on campus. Um, that's it. Okay.
0: So... You do find ways to stay active pretty yeah, much. Yeah.
1: I've never been a student to like go to class and just go home, you know. I I just like to be involved, you know, experience it, especially on a campus so close to home, you want to experience the campus yeah. the best way possible. So I feel like being involved and going to events is definitely a way to do it.
0: I see what you mean, man. And speaking of which, um, this leads me to my final question. When, when this is all said and done, when you're done with college, um, both, college football and, you know, your classes here and you ultimately graduate and do what you wanna do with your life. What do you think you want your legacy to be at this school as a as a student athlete, as a man, you know, as a as a human being? What do you think you want your legacy to be and what do you think you want to be, you know, sort of remembered for? Um just the way I just the way
1: I carry myself and the leadership I brought, um, being a student leader then being a part of the football team, how I handle, like how I handled my bit how I went about my business, basically on a campus.
0: And that's gonna do it for another episode of the Player Profiles Podcast. Special thanks to Van Williams Jr. for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview with me. But I just have one last thing before we end the show. Can I get a wow <laughs> wow? Go kooks, baby.
1: Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio. Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by Mozart Immersive, the soul of a genius. With music conducted by Mikhail Baryshnikov, this premier production uses AI technology woven around Mozart's music to create an immersive journey. Taking place at the Lighthouse Arts space in Chicago. For more information, please visit MozartImmersive.com. That's MozartImmersive.com.